0: Welcome to Product Voices, a podcast where we share valuable insights and useful resources to help us all be great in product management. Visit the show's website to access the resources discussed on the show, find more information on our fabulous guests, or to submit your product management question to be answered on our special Q&A episodes. That's all at ProductVoices.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Now, here's our host, J.J. Rory, CEO of Great Product Management. Hello, and welcome
1: to Product Voices. This episode is all about how we can understand how to spend more time on things that matter. Here's the truth. Product managers are asked to do a lot of things some of which are not necessarily uh, the product manager's responsibility. We are often pulled into or choose to get into things um, that take a lot of time and effort. And at the end of the day, those things don't necessarily make the impact on our product and on the business and on the customer that we would like. So what we're going to be talking about today is all about some of the reasons why we as product managers spend too much time on things that don't matter leaving us too little time on things that can really make an impact and some of the things we can do about that so my guest today joining me is david pereira he is currently leading product management team at virtual identity in germany he also loves sharing his learnings and failures with the community. He is a great steward of learning in product management. He's published more than 200 posts on Medium. He's a passionate product leader. He's got more than a decade of experience. He worked from startups to giant corporations, Brazil, Germany, all over the world. He's worked and he has uh, given back a lot to the product management community. So I'm very excited to have him with me. David, thank you for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure.
1: Yeah, and this is an important conversation. I actually write in my book, Immutable, um, one of the five truths of great product managers is fanatical prioritization. And that starts with the ability to manage your time and really spend your time on the things that are most impactful. But that's not easy, right? I mean, we live in a very complex world um, and work with uh, lots of folks with lots of moving parts happening all the time. So, From your perspective, let's start here. What factors do you think go into a product manager spending time on things that ultimately may not make the biggest impact on the product?
2: I believe it's uh, the inability to overcome anti-patterns, because what I have seen is no matter which place you go, there will be anti-patterns ahead of you. And if you don't first recognize they as anti-pattern, then you will just end up doing this because you may think it's part of the job. So many product managers, they come from different backgrounds and that plays a critical role. For example, I came from software development and I used to think that one of my main responsibilities was to write precise requirements to developers and ensure that they do as I say. And I... Just didn't know that I'm supposed actually to point them to the right direction and empower them to solve problems. So I think the problem comes from first recognizing anti patterns and two having the expertise to overcome them.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree with that. It's it's hard to recognize those uh, in the beginning of your career, uh, but it's it's something that plagues us throughout our career. I I have been in product management a long time and still do it. So. When it comes to things that matter the most, right, we're, we're talking about how we can help product managers spend time on the things that matter. How do we identify what those things are that actually matter that can have the biggest impact?
2: I think there are two things that matter the most empowerment and trust. And the problem with both of them is that they are not just as a given, you must earn empowerment and trust. And I think everything starts how the roadmap is created. For example, if the roadmap is created within solutions predefined and within a day to implement, then product managers have little chance of being a real product manager. You have to follow a plan and figure out how to make that possible. However, if you see this as an anti-pattern and they recognize Actually, roadmaps should not have solutions, but they should have clear outcomes to achieve. Then you can start right. But if this part is set in a different way, then there's little you can do apart from just following a solution. So This is critical to me. First, leadership empowers product teams to make decisions on how to solve a problem and trust them that they will figure out how to provide the solution that creates business and customer value.
1: You know that's that's a really great point. Um, what do you think product managers can do to focus their time on the most important thing? So again, I love that you mentioned product leaders need to set up the environment for uh, for success and empower their teams and I'm going I'm gonna dig into that a little bit more in a moment. But when a product manager is in an environment that maybe is not optimal for that, maybe it's not an empowered team or empowered product manager, are there things that the individual product manager can do on their own to try to prioritize and focus their time on the most important things? Sure.
2: I think there's always something you can do about it. First is you recognize this as a problem and then you can... Use two different solutions, for example. Um, The first thing I like encouraging people to do is to increase your question and answer rate. So instead of giving answers, you ask more questions. When leadership comes to you within a predefined roadmap, you become curious. Like you say, aha, what are we supposed to achieve with this? What would success be if we deliver all of this? And then you can ask more questions. So what does... Uh, why is this the most important thing at this moment right now and uh, you can also try to understand what kind of problem this roadmap is solving and then you can ask the important question to leaders what kind of kind of evidence you have that this solution will solve the problem and if leaders don't have an answer you can say let me help you figure that out we can try different methods and just give us a week or two to try understanding our customers' pains, needs, and desires, then we can come up with something. So I think it's about questioning. It's not about trying to convince leaders because that doesn't work. But if you question them and help them think and reflect, then, of course, they don't want uh, products to fail. They want products to succeed. And if they see that you want to do that, they may empower you to do differently. So this is one of the approaches. And generally, it's the one I recommend the most. But sometimes, some leaders, they may not be open to listen to you. I, sometimes I say, some people are just immune to good advice, and they are just not up for that. And I encourage some, uh, some people to you know prove with results. You can take some risks and read between the lines. And then instead of doing what the leadership tells you to do, you strive to understand what they want you to achieve. And then you do what is right, finding a solution for the specific problem and bringing that up. It may create some conflicts, but once the result is available, results will talk more than words. And then you can change paths for the next time. So these are two suggestions I give and they have worked for me as i said the second one with some conflict but it can work as well
1: that's really great advice love the you know increasing the the questions that you ask that tends to disarm people and may, maybe that's not the right way to say that but you know as opposed to them being defensive or just looking for for information they they turn around and are providing information to your questions i think that's a really really great way and then as you say results Results can uh, be a great thing. Um, words matter um, very little, um, and and results can definitely change the change the game and move the needle, as they say. So, love that advice. Um, on the flip side, um, back to leaders and you know organizations creating an environment that fosters uh, you know fanatical prioritization, if you will. Uh, what are some things that you've seen that organizations and really good leaders do? to set up that organization for success?
2: Yeah. For me, it's something like between the lines, what Simon Sinek uh, says. Great leaders are not the ones coming up with great ideas, but the ones creating an environment where great ideas can happen. And what I have seen in great leaders is, is exactly these characteristics. They strive relentlessly to ensure that teams can function autonomously, and they ensure the teams have clear guidance. And by guidance, I mean they know what is important for the company, which business outcome the company needs to achieve. They also know which is the product, uh, the company strategy. For example, is it a moment for for growth? Is it a moment for retention? Which market are we targeting? Are we targeting which kind of platform? Mobile, desktop. What are we trying to achieve? Why is that important? So I think leaders should set the right context and lead by context, not by control. That's what I have seen working well. And of course, with teams, it's a different beast. When you are responsible for output, it's easier because, well, you you have a solution. You just need to deliver that and then you forget about it. You don't have a heavy burden apart from deadline on your back. But when you are responsible for outcome, the story is different because you simply don't know how to deliver a specific outcome and you need to embrace a learning mindset. And that is forever. But when leaders inspire, people will embrace this journey and then they will make the impossible possible.
1: Following up on that. So if you have, as a product manager, have a a team, your peers, right? So your engineers, product marketing, sales, whoever in your ecosystem is, you know, part of your core product team, if you will. And there's disagreement on what should be prioritized. Um, How have you seen in your own career or um, with other product managers and and teams, how can those debates, um, you know, be... Uh, productive, and ultimately, you know, be worked out. So how do you find the right thing to move forward when there is sincere disagreement uh, amongst the team on what the priority should be?
2: Yeah, that's a quite tough uh, question, I would say, and very important. Uh, What I see is we need to move from opinions to facts. And another aspect is to take the experience into account. And what I have seen working well is, for example, there's a scenario where the product manager or the designer does the interview with customers alone. And then, whatever it happens, they may just bring the customer argument saying, that's what the customer wants, that's what the customer said. And then, end of conversation. The others don't have any chance to talk anymore. So that's uh, unproductive. What I like doing is having the trio in a conversation with customers, like interviews, a software engineer, a designer, and a product manager, because they search for different aspects. Everyone is looking from different lenses, and that can be quite productive. And from this moment, when it goes to what the priority is, I prefer trying to use a, a decision that is a kind of Compare and contrast instead of whether or not, should we do this or not? That's not a good decision. I try thinking what is the cost of opportunity? If we are doing this, we are not doing something else. What is the advantage of something else? We have clarity on a business outcome. How does this contribute to the business outcome? And try to be pragmatic. Imagine how many customers are impacted by that. How often are they impacted by that? And also, how do customers uh, care about such thing and how does that contribute to an impact? So when you move to real facts and you are m- clear on the parameters, you can have a better conversation and a more productive. And you move from a kind of ego-oriented, trying to prove who is right, on understanding what matters for the customer and how we can serve the customer while creating value for both sides, business and customer. So that's what I try to do and listening to everyone, but always bringing back facts to the table.
1: Yeah, it always ends with those facts. Um, But I love the idea of having the trio involved in most of those customer conversations, because as you said, they, they bring different perspectives and you can look at things, um, you know, from all of those and not only from your own. So product manager, the design, the engineering perspective from their own perspective, but you start to see the others in the trio, right? And so product manager starts to, to understand some of the things that the engineer's thinking and the designer's thinking. So I love that. I think that's a really great way. I've seen you know, um, some organizations move, move to that model and really make that part of their culture. But I agree with you that, that really critical and and more organizations and more product managers need to embrace that kind of collaborative approach. So, um, my final question for you, I think is, is something, and, you know, you, you, yourself are a tremendous resource as i mentioned in the intro um just in all of the the content you put out and the the way you think about things i just love it um i think it's a tremendous value so we're We'll link to to your website and to to all of your medium articles and that sort of thing. But what other resources have you found that have helped you, you know not only your general product management career, um, but also as you've learned how to approach prioritization and make sure that you and your team are spending time on the most important things?
2: Exchanging with people one or two steps ahead of me. So this is something that opened many doors. And once I started writing, I got in contact with people who I would never ever imagine. And some were just one or two steps ahead of me, and I could talk to them and see how they practice different things. And what helped me quite a lot is being open and accept that what I know now is based on everything I have seen and studied, but doesn't mean that is best way of doing things. And I'm always curious to learn what others are doing and seeing what I could try in my scenario and learn from experience. I like trying things out and not judging before trying. I may look at something and say, yeah, that doesn't resonate with me. But when I have a doubt whether it works or not, for me, it's a moment of trying out. So finding a mentor, learning from this person. And the mentor doesn't need to be formal. I have just informal chats with people all over the world, Australia, USA, UK, Germany, Brazil, and they always learn something from someone. And that's what helps me develop. So it's moving from, you know, theory to practice. Reading books is amazing. You can get a lot of inspiration, but then you need to learn from people that are hands-on and they can give you also some insights, for example, how did they apply what they learned in books? what is happening in their scenario, uh, and then you can also sharpen your perspective and uh, try things out. That's what uh, has helped me quite a lot.
1: I think that's a really good point about the books and asking people what they what they appreciated in the book or any other resource for that matter. But most importantly, how did you apply it, and what learnings did you have? once you applied it in your organization, because, you know, like any, any theory, any framework, anything out there, once you apply it in an environment, it's going to look different than another environment and it's going to react differently. And so those are the things that we can definitely learn from each other. So I appreciate that. Those are great resources. Um, Again, we will link to um, some of the resources that David mentioned we will link to David's resources. Um, He's a a bevy of insights and information. So um, you can find all of that uh, in the show notes or on productvoices.com. David Pereira, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your insights on this important topic.
2: Thank you. It's been a pleasure exchanging with you.
1: And thank you all for joining us on Product Voices. Hope to see you on the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to Product Voices, hosted by J.J. Rory. To find more information on our guests, resources discussed during the episode, or to submit a question for our Q&A episodes, visit the show's website, productvoices.com, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.